You're listening to an Ancient Future podcast produced by St. Benedict's Table, a congregation of the Anglican Church of Canada located in Winnipeg, Manitoba. I'm your host, Jamie Howison. This is episode 7 in our ongoing serialization of John Boddicher's book, Ten Steps on Freedom Road. This episode considers the commandment around Sabbath practice, the freedom to rest and enjoy. Now, I grew up in a church context in which Sunday was definitely an important day. Sunday morning was Sunday school and church. But the rest of the day was meant to be a day for enjoyment, my grandfather maintaining that Sabbath was a day on which you should do something that gives you life. In his case, it meant being able to set aside his work and go and play in the garden, tend to his roses, enjoy being in the outside air and getting some dirt under his fingernails. That was the best Sabbath practice for my grandpa, and I learned from that. Now, for me, Sunday is a work day. Friday, that's my Sabbath day. That's the day to read, to listen to music, to make a meal, to enjoy. Oh, and to not worry about email. So listen as John invites you to reconsider Sabbath practice as something that frees us, not burdens us, but frees us to rest and to enjoy. This is John Bodicher. Chapter 7 freedom to rest and enjoy. Here is the fourth commandment in Exodus. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work. But the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. You, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock, or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the seventh day and consecrated it. Now here is the Deuteronomy version of the same commandment. Observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy, as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work. You, or your son or your daughter, or your male or female slave, or your ox or your donkey, or any of your livestock, or the resident alien in your towns, so that your male and female slave may rest as well as you. Remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there, with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. With this commandment, we reach the pivot point in our path toward freedom. The first three commandments point upwards toward the one who has brought us out of the house of bondage. No other gods, no idols, no loose or malicious God talk, the remaining six commandments point outward toward our neighbors. This fourth one looks both ways. So it is good that we have two versions, with Exodus reminding us of God's creative acts and Deuteronomy reminding us of our liberation from slavery. 
The day of rest, for that is what the Hebrew word translated as Sabbath means, the day of rest honors both these gifts of God. The freedom of a day of rest is not just for me. I am obliged to share that freedom with my family, my employees, the immigrants who live in my community, and any animals for whom I am responsible. This gift is to be shared as widely as possible. Seeing the Sabbath as a liberating gift lets us see what was wrong about the way some puritanical Christians have understood this commandment. In the little town where I was raised, the big issue about the Sabbath was what you could not do. Some of our local Christians insisted that keeping the Sabbath meant no playing cards, no baseball, and certainly no dancing. In other words, no fun. Defining the day of rest in such a way brought the sense of what it meant to be religious into general disrepute among my contemporaries. Sabbath was understood as a time when we were expected to be serious and wear less comfortable clothes. I hated the feel of those Sunday pants and yearned for the return of the days of blue jeans. Nothing could be further from the intention of this commandment. Yes, life involves work. There is the labor of things that need to be done over and over, meals to be made, the house to be cleaned, snow to be shoveled, etc. This is labor we need to share with one another in a regular, reliable way. And there is work to be done, whether through paid employment or not, for our neighbors have needs that we are obliged to do our share in meeting. The commandment says six days, and that is most of the time, you shall labor and do all your work. This is the life for which God has set us free. But that is not all there is to life. Sabbath is our way of remembering that that's not all there is. As we have seen, the two versions of the commandment differ from each other mainly in the reason given for the commandment. The difference enriches the meaning of the commandment and the scope of the freedom to which it points. In Exodus, the Israelites have recently escaped from slavery in Egypt. They remember it clearly. But here they are, in the desert, living day to day, while the Egypt they remember, with its massive buildings and impressive displays of power and wealth, are also remembered clearly. The Exodus version of the commandment calls us to be aware of the deeper reality, the reality of creation itself. God knows how to work, for all that exists comes from God's loving work. But the point of working is to enjoy the result. When God had finished the original work of creation, God rested and enjoyed the goodness of that amazing created universe. Work is good. It can even be fun. But the purpose of work is so that we can share with our neighbors in the pure enjoyment of this beautiful world. Now, one of the ideas passing as truth these days is that we humans are the creators of the world and that our work is therefore never done. There is some truth in the idea that we are called to share in God's loving creativity, but the idea that it is all up to us and that we can make the world into anything we wish is a well-disguised invitation to return to slavery. 
Notice all the stores open 24-7. Notice who has to work all those late shifts. And those who have to do their shopping then. Notice the people who have to leave their electronic devices on all the time. Even those who are not being paid to do so. Look in their eyes and you will see people whose lives are no longer their own, even if their slavery is well paid. They are in the modern version of biblical Egypt. The Exodus version of the commandment calling us to a day of rest reminds us that the point of living is not working or shopping or doing any of the things we think we have to do, but the enjoyment that comes when we rest and celebrate the goodness of creation with those we love. In contrast, the setting of Deuteronomy is at the end of the journey toward the Promised Land. Moses is about to die. Most of those who left Egypt with him are already dead. After 40 years, the time of transition and preparation, most of the Israelites do not remember being slaves in Egypt. Moses makes one last great speech to them before he dies. He wants to prepare them for what lies ahead, life in a land where the people live by the same rules as the Egyptians. There is wealth, controlled by a few for their own benefit. There are religious and other cultural practices designed to keep the masses impressed and amused. There are kings like the Pharaoh, and eventually the Israelites will want one also, leading eventually to the kinds of practices that the prophets will have to denounce for their idolatry and corruption. Moses sees it coming and knows the danger of the people forgetting their heritage of freedom, the danger that in their forgetfulness they will return to Egypt and slavery. So, the commandment here reminds the people of how God gave them the gift of freedom. Observe the Sabbath when you enter this promised land as a way of remembering that you were slaves and that God has given you freedom. And remember that this freedom is meant for everyone, including your employees and the immigrants living in your community, because once you were slaves and then refugees. That is the promise of the fourth commandment. So work hard, but do not become a slave to your work or your career. Take time to enjoy the goodness of creation and have fun. Take time to remember the gifts you have been given and be thankful. And as much as you can, share that joy and gratitude with your neighbors near and far. This also is what God expects of us in response to the gift of freedom. You've been listening to a podcast in our serialization of John Boddicher's book, Ten Steps on Freedom Road, Why the Commandments Are Good News. I'd invite you to consult the show notes where you'll find a link to the web post for this episode. And on that post, we will be including each of the episodes as they're released so that it's easy for you to go back and pick up one that you may have missed. 10 Steps on Freedom Road, Why the Commandments are Good News, is easily available through many booksellers, both online and the bricks-and-mortar sort. And a particularly affordable edition of the book in Kindle format is available through Amazon. 
Music for this series was provided by Steve Bell. We are grateful to Signpost for their permission to use this music. We're also grateful to John for taking the time to so carefully record these, to Kevin Grummet, Larry Campbell, and Bram Ryan, who did a lot of the background work on this audio, and to you for taking the time to listen, to think, to dig deeper with us in these podcasts. I'm your host, Jamie Howison. Thanks for listening.